So I would like to start this. I'm Carrie Espeseth, and I'm a part of Mother's Day Anonymous. Okay? And the reason is because Mother's Day is hard. No, it's great. We want to honor our moms, don't we? And, and uh, there are, I look at Twyla. She is such a great mom. How many of you have seen her at Menards? Running around like a crazy lady, keeping everybody happy, and then, then leading a trip to Belize. That's awesome. So that kind of mom's day, I think, is great. Honoring, our, honoring moms is good. But I think it's a really hard day for some people, too. Like some people maybe have lost a mom or even just a parent in the last year. I was talking with Cindy a little this week, and she was talking about someone who had lost a child, and, and that's hard. And so there's a lot of things about that that can be kind of hard. So I choose to look at it in a different way. And I like to look at it as mothers or mentors. So what is it about a mom that's special? Hopefully that she makes a difference, right? Is that right? We want to make a difference. And um, sometimes our hope as a mom or as uh, maybe when you look at maybe losses in your life, that can make you make it really hard. And the verse in the Bible, I think of as hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? And that can be really down. So it can be hard for some people. But Jesus is our hope, right? That's my verses for today. Jesus is our hope so we can hope in the Lord. So I just have a few thoughts that I want to share about that, and I guess I'll pray, okay? Dear Lord, I thank you that you are with us, and please be with me as I share and be with our hearts as we listen, and Pastor Gary, too, as he shares. In Jesus' name, amen. It's kind of great that we can hope in God and that he can guide us and he can help us make a difference. And um, I was thinking about the people in this room. There are very few of us that are active moms, right? There's Twyla and me and Courtney, right? And you're a very active aunt, right? Right. So really, if we were just going to talk about moms, that would not apply to very many people here, would it? But... Um, all of us, God can use us to make a difference. And um, so for today, I think we should think about not just being a mom, but being a mentor. Who can we be a mentor to? And that would be every one of us here. Who can we reach out to? Now, I want to jump ahead a little bit because not everybody is a people person, right? Not everybody is going to go out and find somebody that they're going to mentor, but they're still making a difference. And I think about a couple of them I'm going to pick on you. And it's dangerous to pick on people because then there's other people you're leaving out, right? But I'm going to pick on Don because he is making such a difference. Would Pastor Gary say amen? Yes. Cleaning? We have a beautiful, clean church, and that is making a difference. We are so thankful. And how many of you have noticed our beautiful garden? Isn't that miraculously how our beautiful garden just happens? Well, Vicki does that and makes it gorgeous. And, you know, I, I told her the other day, I can't tell you how many times I've thought, oh, I wonder if Vicki will do the garden. Zero. Because she just does the garden. It's her ministry, and she loves that. People who help in the kitchen or who help with food. or did you? This week I walked in and I saw these beautiful flowers. I knew Carol had been around. So, right, Carol? Did you yeah, we, we appreciate that. We don't always think about that. But sometimes other people have gifts with mentoring, and I would just jump ahead with that. Like, Jackie, 
how many girls do you think you've worked with with missionettes over the years? Can't even, if you weren't working with the girls, she was working with the leaders who were working with the girls. Even Emily over there did a lot of the work with the missionettes and Jackie helped with that. So that, that made a difference. Back in the, in the nursery, we have Brianna and, uh, and her mom and they're taking those kids under their wing and that's really a blessing making a difference. So we can all make a difference. And I was thinking about Belize. Our Belize trip. Now, imagine if we had a, a school across from our, our um, church and that we could feed them every day. Do you think that would make a difference for generations? You know, I think that some of those kids are going to come to know the Lord or will bring their parents. And you think about what's across from our church is a cemetery, <laughs> right? So we can even think about that because that's eternity, you know, as what we are doing to make a difference, making a difference for eternity. Because we're unfortunately, we'll all be there some, we, well, fortunately, we'll be with Jesus someday, right? Think about that part. So thinking about that, um, I really love the idea of um, taking the suitcase. Now, I've talked about, a lot about Belize, but I'm not going to Belize, okay? How many of you are not going to Belize? Okay, a lot of us are not going to Belize, but we can pray. We don't even have to give financially, but we can pray. They said clothing, adopting a suitcase. Um, today, I'm wearing this necklace. And now this necklace I got, whether it matches or not, you can decide. But I got it at um, the Equip Conference. And it was a booth. And at that booth, they were selling um, jewelry that had been made by girls that had been rescued from prostitution and trafficking. Okay. So I thought those people have decided to, and a hot, uh, like they have like very little administration costs. Those people have made this jewelry business where they hire the girls and then we get a chance to buy it. And then we can think about, think about some girl made this and I can pray for her. Um, in Speed the Light, we're doing that with Speed the Light too. They're making wells for people. And then next to the well, they make a church. What a good idea, huh? There's also um, the, with the, um, they help a lot with the human trafficking too. They're doing that. Um, so even with um, how we help with Speed the Light. But, you know, sometimes a lot of these things have to do with money, but it isn't all money. It's praying, you know. If we can't give, we can give. We can say to these guys who are going to Belize, good job, and, and we can pray for them. Um, I want to share about who made the difference in my life. Of course, my mom, she's a go-getter. She can do anything. She just hemmed Emily's dress, right? And um, she's just amazing. But I have four people that made a difference in my life. And they are my aunts, Mabel, Hulda, Elma, and Ruth. And a lot of them married later, and Ruth never married, and they never had any children. So my grandpa is their brother, and there were 11 Martins, and um, my, my grandpa, my generation, and my cousins, there's 13 of us first cousins, and my aunts and uncles, they were really, really praying for us. We could, we could just over the years, they, you know, they're the kind of people that when you're a little kid, you go up to them, and they give you like a little piece of candy at church, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> you kind of know that they're encouraging you. Well... 
my first cousins, 13, of the 13 of us, nine of us ended up going to North Central, and not that that is any more special than any place else, but it's just kind of an example of, and, and they're all serving the Lord, um, except for one who actually went to North Central, really fell away from the Lord, but he came back to the Lord right before he passed away, so praise the Lord for that. But I felt like those prayers of those aunts and uncles went on, for gen- went on to us and are continuing to go on to us. Also, their mom is my great-grandma who helped pick out the, the Lake Geneva campgrounds. And as a single mom, because her husband passed away, in the early 1920s, she gave $500 to start Lake Geneva. I can't imagine what that would be worth now. And um, she's also the one, even though I'm her namesake, I probably won't be chopping wood when I'm 80. But she, but she was a go-getter and, and did that. But, but you look at that and you look at, that legacy that she passed on. Um, I get a bang out of my great aunt Elma because she didn't have kids, but she took on the youth group. She made some kind of play. Uh, Elma Gottwald and her bugle boys or whatever and, and had a performance for the uh, community in St. Cloud when they pastored there. So, I mean, these are just some different thoughts and some different ideas of how God can use us to make a difference. One way with me that I did not expect to happen at all, I think a lot of you know that I have a kinship partner, Kira. She's been here. And um, I didn't want a kinship partner because we all know I have enough going on in my life, right? (laughs) So I didn't need a kinship partner. But she just jumped out on the page. And it's really been fun getting together with her once a week. And she calls my kids her kinship sister and brothers. And, um, it was really cool because her mom went with us. She was here a couple of weeks ago, and her mom went with us to the Teen Challenge Banquet. So it's kind of fun to just see how can we make a difference. For you, it might be it might be your neighbor, or it might be someone at the grocery store, or it might be being behind the scenes, like we were saying, um, if it's you know cleaning or helping or whatever. But I think that today on Mother's Day, we should think about our hope really being in the Lord and on how we can mentor and how we can reach out. And it's kind of cool because the friendships in our church are great, and they, they cross the lines it's of age. We don't have to only be friends with people our age, but I encourage, appreciate how I see the older encouraging the younger and um, younger ministering in different ways and being encouraged by them. So however we are serving that's important. And on today, when maybe it can be kind of a hard day, we know that it's Jesus that he feels, fills our heart, isn't it? He's the one that gives us our satisfaction and our joy. And he's the one who helps us be able to lead and serve and minister. And so I guess I just really wanted to kind of share my viewpoint, especially about my great aunts who, who made a difference and just encourage us, how can we make a difference? I know every one of you have made a difference, and I know Pastor Gary and I appreciate that. Right, Pastor? I wanted to share a bit of humor, something that struck me. I had a pick up the mail at the church, and there was a card, and it was um, a, a gift to the church of $100. To um, They had heard... And I had fallen out of a tree. And uh, and they were praying for my recovery. 
and so forth. So that's interesting how things get a little goofed up. But I laughed, and that was that made my day. Um, so doing well, actually. Uh, walking better, you can probably tell, and uh, you know, it, uh, coming together. Each each day seems like uh, if I get my rest. And if I drink my milk or take the vitamin D thing and do the stuff that I'm supposed to do, I'll, I'll, I'll get there little by little. You know, this whole thing has been just, a, in a way, a blur. Like, at first, it's like I, I, I just don't even want to think about anything else. And you start to re, just just relax and try to recover. Um, God is good. He's helping us. Um, thank you, Carrie, for your words. Um, um, Carrie's a product of a praying family, a praying church, and uh, a mentor people people that have been like mentors. And I never knew what the word mentor was actually till I got into. I, I don't know if I figured it out till I was out of out of college, actually. What's a mentor? Because I never knew I had a mentor. I never knew I needed a mentor. I guess I, I probably did, but I didn't really know what that really... What, did, what is a mentor? Um, we're going to look at Paul's letter to Timothy a bit because Paul was a mentor to Timothy. And not only a... Uh, a spiritual mentor, but he, he helped him mentoring him in the church, how to run the church, how to take care of the people of God, and how to have order, and how to, how to keep the guys out that were trying to bring false doctrine in. And he was a shepherd, a young man. Some would say around the 30th, and we know what Paul Letter said, let no one look down on your youthfulness. Um, you know, prove yourself an example. And so... We're going to look at uh, a bit, Second uh, Timothy, the first chapter, just a bit, and then we're going to we're going to skip to some other verses as well. We're going to call our message today the power of example, uh, the power of uh, living it out, testimony uh, of your life is very powerful. I'm going to jump in at verse um, verse five at first Second uh, Timothy. Don't get that confused with First Timothy, um, to chapter five. For I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and your mother uh, Eunice, and I'm sure that it is in you as well. And for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Not humidity, timidity, but of power uh, and love and, and sound mind and discipline, some verses say. Putting yourself into a young man named Timothy. Somewhere along the line, God called him. At least he recognized that God is calling him to do something 
that will make a difference, that will affect people's eternal lives. The fact of the matter is, whatever we do in this life and how we treat people may affect their lives, their whole lives in front of them. And that can go negative or positively. Paul writes, reminding Timothy, he mentioned his mother, Lois. Interesting that Paul included the family in the ministry. Well, whether you are called to preach the gospel before people or you preach the gospel on one-on-one in the marketplace of life, you are called to go wherever he leads you. And it takes a team of people that will pray, people that will give, people that will encourage, people that will believe with you and believe in the Lord and the vision that he puts upon your heart. Well, one of the greatest tools or one of the greatest blessings in my life is that I had a mom and a dad, but I, today is Mom's Day, so we're emphasizing. A mom that was saved in her youth, if she was a young lady, she wasn't a child, but she was a young lady, and she met my father, who then later married, and they began to start out with raising their family and instilling the value of godly principles. And I want to focus a little bit about what is it that we learn? How is it that we're affected? What is it that you can remember that made a difference in your life? It may not even have been what someone actually said, but what they actually did. And it inspired you. It provoked you to love and good deeds. We are to be as likened, as Hebrews says, spurring, provoking one another unto good deeds, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The part of our, our reason for gathering today is part of that is to worship God. That needs to be number one. Connect with God. Connect with each other. And then go out and connect with the world, bringing the truth into the marketplaces, into the into your workplace, into your family, into your home, into your conversation, into your whole being wrapped around the message of Jesus Christ. Paul writes to Timothy, reminding him he's not going to do it in his own strength. Get a hold of verse 6. And for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. Then the emphasis is not on the laying on of hands. That's what Paul is saying here. That's when he prayed for him. But the emphasis is on the power of the Holy Spirit that is going to be in you, Timothy that is in you already and will continue to be with you. How many remember when the Lord showed up when you needed him? 
Isn't it interesting that sometimes we don't know for sure how it's all going to work out, what we're going to say, what we're going to do, and until we actually get into the stream, until we get into the flow of things, we begin to say, you know what? God, I need you now. <laughs> yes. How many of you had that happen? And he comes. He's quick to come to show up. Some of you are looking for miracles. We have to have a problem, don't we? We have to have a challenge. And that's what God does. He, he shows himself faithful to us. Paul even said in another place that even when we're not faithful, God remains faithful. That's a super, super verse uh, that we can hang on to. Listen. The power of example, number one, is that Timothy learned under someone else how to do the work of the ministry, how to walk in the Spirit, how to pray when there was tough times, how to stay true when there was everybody else was turning away. And Paul mentored, Paul poured into a Timothy. He says in one place, everyone else forsook me, but Timothy, a man of kindred spirit. What does kindred have? Kindred has to, has to do with a, a kindling, has to do with a likeness. It's a kindred. We, we have a bond. We, have a, we, we see things uh, similar. Kid, we, we can you have, you have certain people that you connect with it you you feel that, that we're on the same page if you can get with people find friends make friends and you connect with you pray with you you're you're together you're in the same place you're you're traveling forward listen this power will go past and break the strongholds we need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to walk in such a way that will push away and keep pressing forward when we don't know what to do, what to expect. But we're going to believe God that he's going to confirm his word with signs and wonder shall follow those who preach the gospel. I'm sure the disciples did not know what they were going to say. Exactly until they got right in front. Remember? Remember God showed up. God showed up for Peter when he was in the jail. And Silas, Paul and Silas, and Peter another time was in the jail. Remember the vision that he had that he couldn't understand right away? Remember? God working by his spirit. Would God work by his spirit in your life? Then as you walk and demonstrate that before your children, before your friends, before your people, your companions, before your places in work, may we live it in such a way that there's no question that we know the Lord in whom we serve. We're not to go around being puffed up. But the greatest in heaven, Jesus said, will be my servant. Every one of us can serve some way. Yesterday, we're at a wedding at, at Casino, at one of our uh, carriage uh, relatives. And I noticed this man, and he's an extended uh, relative, just walking around, picking up any little thing that was fallen from the tables, cleaning off, 
I'm sure no one ever asked him. I've watched this man uh, from a distance. and it's, it's in him. It's in him. That's what he does. That's what he's called to do. You don't always have to be speaking, but if the opportunity arises, of course, but demonstrating the power. Remember in Hebrews thirteen seven. remember how it reads, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Wait a minute. Didn't Paul say something to the effect, follow me as I follow Christ? In other words, people need to see an example of what it really looks like to walk with God. And if you are fortunate enough to grow up with people who walk with God, or you went to a church, you were introduced to people who walk with God, that is a super blessing. However, it's not always the case. And you may be the one that has started the legacy, has turned the tide, so to speak, that you have staked your ground, like Joshua, I will serve the Lord, me and my house, if you want to serve the Lord, step in across the line. He challenged his people of his day, but there was no question in his mind that I'm going to serve the Lord. You know what? That kind of leadership, that kind of passion attracts people. I want to serve the Lord too. I want to, I want to be in that place where I'm going forward with people like that. That makes it easy. That makes it fun. And we can put the devil to flight. Jesus, amen. You can put the devil and tail get behind him. We have the access. We have the invitation. We have the veil that was close before. has been rent for us. You see, families... They need to understand that God is for them. Children need to understand that God is for them. Husbands and wives need to understand God has created them to bring glory and honor to his name. You see, the devil is trying to fight very hard right now, even right now, to attack our families, to attack our children, to attack our young people. We're struggling in our land. Our young people are struggling to see any hope. They're struggling with figuring out what is really true. What is there any absolute truth? They're questioning. They have questions. They, it's hard for our generation to understand. Is it really? Is that really true? And they're struggling. What it's going to take is genuine faith in people living it out, demonstrating. It is how we conduct ourselves outside of the walls of the church is more, even more important than what we do inside the church. Are you with me? Are you kicking it up? There is such a open door, opportunity. Remember, Paul says, while you have opportunity, while you have opportunity to pray for, at one place, pray for us, that pray that I might speak that in a manner in which I ought to speak. But Paul, he, he, he faced some giants. He faced some huge uh, 
philosophical type people, Stoics. They were people that were well learned. But Paul, he was sharp. God used him and his skills and the things that he learned. But Paul was able by, to have an edge because of the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand you have power with the Holy Spirit. You have been given, you have the access to, to receive from Him. No wonder Paul could write, and such confidence he writes, Philippians 2.20, For I have no one else of kindred spirit who would genuinely be concerned for your welfare. How, how did Timothy become so genuine? How did he become? It was because that he laid his heart before the Lord. He began to surrender himself to God. He began to serve as he did as unto the Lord. And Paul was able to write this letter to Timothy, encouraging him on all the more, that there will be days, perhaps, that he will have to suffer. And later in the chapter, he, uh, later in the next chapter, he says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. He describes that whole scenario, that a soldier focuses himself. He is marching to the order of the commander. And he doesn't allow the things of this life entangle his direction, his focus. Oh, my goodness, if we're ever in an entanglement. We're we're bombarded by so many things coming at us, so much stuff that we're trying to figure out. The world is, is crazy with so much information that we must learn to sit and focus. What is Jesus and the Holy Spirit saying to you and I today? God will work through you as a vessel. The influence, to influence people around you, to influence, you know what I believe? Yet the Holy Spirit can, can as he walks in to, uh, through you, and as you walk where you, while God is leading you, that you're going to bless. You bring a blessing to the workplace, to the, to the, to the community, Listen, when Joseph was shipped off to, to be sold into slavery, what happened? He was taking notes. Something began to happen. The blessings of God began to be poured out. Joseph was elevated then and put in leadership. God used that whole thing to bring about salvation to his family. It was because he kept his attitude toward the Lord. I don't know where you're at. Sometimes, sometimes exactly. Sometimes we wonder where God is. We're hoping God is going to, 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 to bail us out. And it's like, Joseph, God, have you forgotten me? Remember that story? Sometimes we are tempted to wonder if God has forgotten us. No, he hasn't forgotten us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But he will show up even as the day of Pentecost that they were seeking and waiting and wondering. Perhaps they were expecting the power of the Holy Spirit as they they were praying for ten whole days. Finally, the Holy Spirit comes. And it was worth the wait. It was worth every second of the wait. And they would never be the same again because the power of the Holy Spirit come into them in such a way that they went out and spoke with such boldness. They were not themselves. They were not the same. They were not doing it in their own gifts or strength. They were doing it through the Holy Spirit. Friends, 
Parenting takes a third person. Husband and wife and God in the midst. Together, God is for the family. God is to, to touch children. I think if we could see anything about our Lord as he demonstrated how he took the time when the disciples were trying to shoo away the children. Don't let these children, Lord, are they bothering you? We're going to, you know, get, hey, wait a minute. These are the, these are the guys that, that I love. These are the guys that I want to touch. These are the, bring them to me. Bring them on. I want to bless them. I want to, and you know what? Listen, I had older guys in my church that would notice me as a young person. Listen, they were mentoring me, and I didn't even know it. They were talking to me and asking me questions. They were it. They were showing interest. Listen, as we can show interest to children, it will help them know more about what God is. Young people are looking for someone that will just give them a little bit of time. And it's flip sides, too, as well. If there were more young people here today, I would tell them, I know we, we, we got a few, but notice your seniors. Take a, take, a, take a moment to reach out to them. Don't be afraid of them. You know what? There are a lot of seniors that are lonely, and they wonder if anyone knows it or cares about it. Young people reaching out to the old, older generation. It's a good fit. I grew up, and I'm not against children's church. Not at all. It's a great thing. I just sat in church. That's all we had. That's what we, that's what we did. I would sit with mom until I got older. I'd sit in the back. But the, I sat with mom at first. What a comfortable thing. I could just fall asleep. And I, was, I got some of the best rest I ever got them days. Listen, it was what we did. Mom went to church. Dad, he he struggled a bit with the farm. I'll be honest, he struggled until later in life he squared it up and got he got himself there Sunday morning. We would usually try to go Sunday night at least. But he would get overworked and overwhelmed. But Mom was the one. If we didn't, uh, it, it, whatever we had to drive, it didn't matter. If it was a pickup truck, we got all the kids somehow into that. Probably by then it was only five, six, whatever. But we would jam in that pickup truck. It was something about, and there would, there would be, uh, there would always be, uh, we would always know that there would be people there that we will know and we can talk to and connect with. And when we were kids growing up, there would be people that, you know, we would look forward to seeing. Brother Galt, I don't know if everyone met anyone here but my wife. He, would out, he was one of the seniors, and he would be one of the first. If there was ever a testimony, he'd be the first one up. He said, God, and the first thing out of his mouth was, God is good. He'd say that right now. We'd always know what he was going to say, and then he'd go on, God is good. And that itself set the tone. That's how he lived. And I can still recall Paul said to Timothy, I recall your tears. I can still remember Glenn Galt's tears when he shared to the men at fellowship meeting. He, would, he, was not, he wouldn't consider himself a preacher. He would consider himself a layman. 
a person that just loved God and loved men. And he would speak out of his heart the word of God. And he would, I remember at one particular time, he would say, guys, we've got to encourage one another. We've got to encourage people around us. If we can serve someone else in some way, that will make a difference. I'm not saying we have to have a title. Listen, God takes record. God sees your heart. God wants to flow through you. Your time that you invest with other people will minister to God himself. Your time that you share with other people that are especially, that are struggling. Listen, if you love God, you can have a ministry. If you love God and love people, you will have a ministry. You will minister. And you will minister especially through the power of the Holy Spirit. God has not given us, you know, this timidity thing. I talk to people about, well, my 40th class reunion is coming up. Can you imagine that? This summer, 40 years. Boy, am I old. Guess who got the shyest in 1977? Me. It's fun because... They come up and they say, I, I, you know, you changed. I just say, well, you know, the Lord helps me. It's an opportunity. You know what? I still have a nature that's timid. But I know that I know I need him. And it keeps me seeking. But to get in the presence of God, my dad would say he had prayer meetings that would last sometimes into the wee hours of the morning because his father had been touched with the Lord. And they grew up having a saying, have you got the victory? Any of you remember? Have you got the victory? What What does that mean? That means are you walking with victory in your heart or are you walking kind of discouraged, kind of just down, overloaded, God doesn't want us to live that way, does he? He said, I, uh, I, have, I have a yoke. Uh, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God never intended for us to try to swing this out by ourselves. We cannot raise our kids like we ought to, except by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is for us who can be against us. I believe that one of the most powerful things is that when a parent's interceding. And they're not sure about where the kids are at. They're not sure when they get older and you're letting go. You listen. God is more concerned about them than you are. But He wants you to pray. He wants you to stay uh, fixed upon Him. I'm believing God that, as Paul said to Timothy, and he said this in the 12th verse 
of the second, uh, the first chapter, Second Timothy. I am convinced that he is able, we sang about this a little bit earlier, I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him with that day. Uh, what, what are you entrusting to the Lord? What is it that you're really, what is the most important thing? And I would dare say it's your family, it's your kids, it, it's the people who you love. It's the people who are not saved yet. It's the people that you're praying in, in your neighborhoods. That you want them to come to know Christ. It's the people that have failed you, and you you're, you're you know you want them you want them to know the Lord. You you just you, you ache in your heart. There's a burden there, and you listen. God works through that. Is he, you connect with Him? He is. You actually partner with God, and you're having your ministry together. As the Lord prays for the church, we are to be praying and allowing the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to pray through us. It's a wonderful way to to connect. That we are not doing this in our own strength. We think, well, how are we going to make a difference? Which the difference will be how much we allow God to fill us and flow through us. And you will overflow how many know people that you may be connected with? You, they just always seem to be overflowing. And we, we've had a few in our, I know, growing up. That they, just, they just were full of the joy of the Lord. Always. And so, yes, there are battles to, to battle. But we're going to look to Jesus. We're going to believe God. We're going to allow God to use us. We're going to come to a place of surrender. And we're going to call upon his name even now. We're going to sing another song and just close up our thoughts and come to the Lord in prayer, believing God today for, for what we have need of today. What, what, is it that, what, is, what is it that you're... Because maybe there's names on your heart today that you're, you're wanting God to, to touch people. You're wanting God to... to to zero in upon them, lift them up.